You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes. Hi guys, and welcome back to Stage Door Podcast. So we have another amazing guest for you today. We are joined by a phenomenal Aussie casting director. But before we get into it, we would just like to take this moment to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of this land on which we work, live, and record, and recognize their continuing connection to land, water, and community. We pay respect to elders past, present, and emerging. Now, over to Libby for this week's bulletin. Just kidding. It's actually me again. It's Tori. I'm back because I have so far this week seen two absolutely brilliant shows that I thought I'd give you a little bit of a review of. But before I begin, I'd like to thank ATYP and the New Theatre for providing me with these absolutely phenomenal tickets. Firstly, I saw Jali at the SBW Stables Theatre presented by Griffin Theatre Company. This was absolutely phenomenal. It is a one-man show written and performed by Oliver Twist, and it reflects on his time as a refugee and unpacks what his life looks like now. This was such an amazing production, from the true, gritty, and hilarious story he told to the beautiful scenic transitions which took us forward and back throughout his journey seamlessly. I cannot recommend this show enough. You can grab your tickets at griffintheatre.com.au or check the link out down below. The second show I've seen so far this week is Glengarry Glen Ross by David Mamet at the New Theatre. I really loved the innovative set and lighting design and a standout performance by Caroline Levine and Hannah Raven. You can grab tickets at newtheatre.org.au or via the link down below. Back over to me, I guess. Today we welcome one of the youngest casting members of the Casting Guild of Australia, McGregor Castings' Daisy Hicks. Daisy was born and raised in rural New South Wales, where she was a crowd favourite of the highly competitive Dubbo Estedford scene. Once she had a taste for showbiz, this country gal packed a bag and headed for the bright lights of Sydney with nothing but a smile and a pair of tap shoes to her name. Daisy is a proud member of the Casting Guild. I can see you laughing. I used I'm so it. Sorry. <laughs> to me. I my, my used friend it. my friend wrote my bio and hearing it out loud is really a lot for me to take in. I'm so sorry. <laughs> now I know that you're doing that. I'll uh keep it together. I'm so sorry. I'm just gonna start again because I started laughing halfway through. Daisy is a proud member of the Casting Guild of Australia. Her credits as a casting director span across film, television, theatre and music theatre. 
Some of Daisy's credits include Bump on Stan, Nine with Squabble Logic, Tough with Pink Moon Films, The Dismissal with Squabble Logic, Way Out Assistance with Bus Stop Films, She Loves Me with the Hayes Theatre Company, the Australian premiere of The Wolves with Belvoir Theatre and Redline Productions, Dogfight with Neil Gooding Productions, Miracle City with Luckiest Productions, along with many in national and international television commercials and music videos, just to name a few. Please welcome Daisy. (laughs) (laughs) Intro. Hannah Riley, if you're listening to this, you are worth your weight in gold for writing my bio for me. The tap shoes. Oh my God, I forgot to put that in there. Hi, mates. How's it going? Hi. That was was an absolute uh, pleasure. To, uh, to read, <laughs> it really to rolls see off your, the tongue, your, doesn't it? To see your live reaction to that was, um, <laughs> I think, the highlight of my month. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, well, I'm just happy to be here. I mean, it's kind of you know when you live in Australia, you kind of always grow up in the middle of nowhere and somewhere. Yeah, I mean, well, I, grew, kind of I mean, Dumbo is like six hours out of Sydney. Come on, like that's yeah. pretty rural. My favourite is when people who are from, like, Penrith are like, you know, I grew up in the country, and it's like, oh, dear, dear, Penrith, you have a train station. Penrith. Come on. But how how have you been? So busy. Busy but appreciative. Yeah, look, I mean, I kind of feel like that kind of goes along with with the territory of casting, especially, you know, since COVID has not gone away. COVID has not left us. But um, it has a uh, it has kind of hidden its disgusting face for a little bit. Yeah, she's she's gone away for the time being. Touch wood. But um, but yeah, I mean we're here, aren't we? We're just doing our best. I mean that little scary moment in Melbourne's just sent a whole lot of work my way, which I'm always happy to receive. I didn't even want time off. Seriously. <laughs> Who needs sleep? Not me, apparently. But no, happy to be here, easy to work with. Always very grateful and, like, so grateful to be, you know, working incredibly full-time during a global pandemic. I think we're, like, you know, we really are. This is such a wanky thing to say. I'm so sorry. But we really are the lucky country. But also legit, like, we definitely, like, we actually are. When you legitimately look at America, just, I can't, there's no comment left anymore for what that is. Yeah. And um, did you if did you get any quarantine time off? Any um, time off? At yeah, all? I or? um. So I was supposed to start. Um, so I moved offices in the middle of a global pandemic. Sick one day. Nice. Um, but I was supposed to start um on the first of April, and then I think it was like the twenty seventh of March. Um, I had to like write my own severance letter from my last job and, you know, had a chat with my new boss um, in, in the, the job that I was going to that I'm now in um, of like, yeah, all of our productions have been shut down. So shookers to us all. And and we just kind of discussed, like, she was like, you will definitely have a job with me. No one knows when anything's going back. Um, and so I, so I was supposed to start there on the 1st of April. And then I think I ended up, it was the 25th of May that I ended up starting. So I had like a month, like two months. Did you have any like Netflix recommendations from your short month off or anything that you did that you really enjoyed? No, I was, yeah, I was a really shit casting director. I, um, 
Oh no, that's no, that's a lie. I was a kind of a good one. I um I got to kind of helm the Casting Guild of Australia self tape library, which was like bigger than oh. Ben Hur. There were like over seven thousand self tapes that I um that I got to file, oh. watch and file. Um and you oh. know, there were some other lovely uh, casting guild members that helped me out on that one so that was that was definitely um something I made myself busy with but in but that's pretty much all I watched like I didn't really revisit anything or watch anything new I just played the sims for like nine hours a day I I feel like a lot of people did because um at least in the sims you were able to go outdoors but like that's so what, real yeah. though and also have <laughs> and do magic yeah. and be a mermaid yeah. There were so many things that you can do in the Sims. What could be better? Yeah. Um, no, so I, I, played this, I played The Sims <laughs> a lot, um, did a lot of self-tapes, and um, when we were kind of allowed to, um, you know, was, was helping friends with their self-tapes, I was living with two actors, um, so it was really great getting to tape with them and two of my mates are um, actors as well, so I got to help those girls out with their tapes and ate a lot of Uber Eats and then then just got like thrown back into work, um, which was awesome. It was awesome to, it was a lot to go from like zero to 200, but, um, but I was very lucky. Yeah, indeed. And definitely. And I mean, in the world of casting, how were you brought into it? How did you get started with it? Oh, so many people ask me this question and it's really boring. I wish I had like a very like beautiful, whimsical, like gorgeous, like picturesque (laughs) answer it's just like I had to move home to Dubbo for I lived in Sydney studied in Sydney um worked a little bit in Sydney and then had to move back to Dubbo bless because um when you don't get paid to do jobs you can't live in Sydney so moved back home and I was like you know what YOLO I'll save up some money and I'll just do I'll just keep looking for jobs in Sydney and I'll just come back like I'll come back to Sydney I'll just find a job and come back to Sydney um and then one day I was on Facebook because what else do you have to do in Dubbo and a friend of mine had tagged his friend in um like a link to a job application thing job advertisement I believe they're called and um yeah and I was like oh I know what that is and clicked on it I was like oh that actually sounds like something I could do and so and it was just this office casting office assistant it wasn't even a casting assistant I think the I actually still have a screen grab of it from the day that I applied um it was like assistant to the casting directors it wasn't even casting assistant um and it was like five o'clock and I sent off my little CV and an email and I'd, I'd missed the deadline because the post was a few days old. Um, and within like 30 minutes had a phone call from the manager um, and he was like, oh, you've mentioned here that you're based in Dubbo. Is, we're doing interviews tomorrow. Is there any way you could get here? Oh. And, and I was like, yeah, do you know what? Chuck me in the last spot. I'll just get there. <sighs> Booked flights. Um booked just like a return trip in the day, um, caught up with my mates. So flew back to Sydney in the morning, caught up with my mates during the day um, and went to, where did we go? Oh, we went to um, Nielsen Park, which is all the way over in Vaucluse. And we were just eating fish and chips and like, you know, in the surf. And I was, and we missed the time. And I I had like 20 minutes to get to this interview. And I bought like a dress from like Target Country in Dubbo and like a pair of low sensible heels, smacked on a red lip. Um, Did this interview, um, 
smashed it. I interview really well. Um, it's just one of my very few skills. Thank you so much. Put that on your <laughs> skills list. My show cast special skills interviews well. Um, and yeah, and yeah. then I got on a plane home, literally <laughs> went from the job interview to the airport, landed back in Dubbo, had a bunch of missed calls and voicemails, and then just called the number back straight away and they offered me the job. And that was on a Thursday, and then I started the following Monday. Um, and that's oh, oh, that's damn. like, yeah, that's, that's how I did it. Um, that was just this sort of, you know, very... Um, very, you know, like I said, it wasn't even casting. It was like fill up the water coolers and vacuum the carpet and um, be nice to actors and printing and um, change the SD card in the camera. Still don't know how to do that. It's been eight years. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and, and um, I, I hated it, to be completely honest with you. I was like, this is bullshit. I'm just doing this job so I can pay my bills and live back in Sydney and hang out with my friends. Uh, and then I watched this documentary called Every Little Step, which I'm sure both of you know. Oh, yes. yes. Imagine if you said no. Oh, Imagine yes. if you said that. I was like, cool, I'm ending this call. Um, <laughs> yeah, bye. <laughs> you have a music theatre podcast and you don't know what that is? All right. Seriously. Take a long, hard look in the mirror. Um, but, yeah, so I, I watched that and was just, over, like, absolutely overwhelmed by, you know, every stretch of the imagination. And I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. I was like oh, like casting is cool and that's really interesting and now I know what I want to do. And because I was I was sort of, I wasn't necessarily aimless, but I, I really like to live my life in five-year plans and I was like, cool, I can be casting musicals on Broadway in five years. That'll that'll do me. And um, <laughs> typical, overachiever, nailed it. Um, and then I turned, you know, I was nearly fired from this job I had at one point because they were just like, dude, do you even want to be here? And I was like, no, just pay me. Um, and they, they know this as well. If the, bo- the boys won't listen to this, but if they did, they'd be like, yeah, she's right. Um, <laughs> and I just turned it around and really, really quickly, I, um, you know, really started reaching out to different places, offering my services and was working um, alongside a lot of other casting directors because I the place that I worked um, offered studio hire so other casting directors would hire the space so I got I you know had the wonderful privilege of, of working under just so many incredible casting directors and, and got to kind of pick and choose little things from the way that they worked and um, you know I, I've been very lucky to have been exposed to um, a lot of wonderful amazing people which means that um, I've been able to really hone my skills um and you know meet a lot of people creatives directors and writers and attach myself to their projects and so just really quickly started working on my own stuff and you know and in turn evolved into a cute little casting director that's such a great origin story though and i'm sure most people that work in this industry or know anything about the film television theater industry knows you know, has crossed paths with a casting director or kind of has a general idea of what they are. But what, like, it's always really fascinated me. Obviously, I know you look at the self-tapes and you do the auditions, but what does your job really, like, entail in its simplest, most complex capacity? Mate, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I'm honestly just here to watch stuff. You just turn up. I honestly just rock up, usually 10 minutes late, <laughs> with a latte. 
and it's usually an iced latte. No, look, it's so that's so funny that you're like, you know, people like know what casting directors do, and I'm like, no, they don't. Um, <laughs> that, oh, that's cute. Um, do they? No. Um, so basically, my job. What does it? What does it involve? God, there's a lot, and it's like the best job because it, honestly, it changes job to job. Like, you know, there'll be jobs where I just need to. Um, advise people oh you should probably you know I'll look at the script um and it and it also varies on the different mediums as well um you know across like theater and whether it's an independent or you know commercial musical or whether it's a um you know proof of concept tv or film or whether it's advertising sometimes I can just advise them on how much the actors should be paid and um you know how much um you know the actors they should see and then other times it's helping with like character briefs and stuff like that and actually helping them flesh out the characters and um and then advising how much they should be paid and then looking at if you went with that actor this is how it would this is what the character would be and then but then if you cast that actor then you probably need to cast someone like this actor so it's really about um you know it sometimes is about helping them flesh out the the actual concept itself like that I've, I've had a lot of projects come to me where they go, Oh cool. Like this is, can you, can you cast this? And I go, yeah, I can. But I think what you actually want to do is maybe if you're, if you're thinking, cause they're like, you know, we want to get this actor involved. I'm like, cool. Well, if you do, they're not going to do it. Like they're not going to do a role like that. You'd, they'd probably want to sit with a role like this. So if you did that, then you could get that person. And it's all about just helping them, helping their vision as well. Um, and then there are other projects a lot of the time in advertising. It's pretty stock standard the way that that one works. It's usually um, looking at a director's treatment, like their vision for, for the, um, for the you know, advertisement and then um, looking at how many actors they want, looking at what the actor's fees should be, looking at the release details and that sort of thing to help inform the actor's fees, um, helping negotiate, like, you know, then then the, the I think the thing that most people are sort of aware of what a casting director's job is, which is booking the audition, like, you know, sending the brief out, looking at the submissions, booking the actors in to tape or come into the studio, not that we're doing that much anymore, um, then <laughs> watching all the tapes or doing the auditions and then sending that to our client and then doing the call, booking the callbacks and, uh, you know, then confirming the cast and then doing the deal memos and then if there are any negotiations, then we do that. And then um, that's our job done there. But it honestly varies with each project. I mean, for theatre, my job generally goes, you know, I, I start in a sort of similar place sometimes looking at the characters and um, what kind of actors do we want and what, what does the show actually look like, what's the show going to be, um, you know, and, and how will the, how will the people that we have available to us be able to inform that show and how will that, you know, potentially change the show. And then I kind of stay with a show um you know, from, from, I, I say from where to go. So when the show kind of gets up, I usually, I see a couple of shows throughout the the run just to make sure everyone's behaving themselves and doing their job mm. and, and that sort of thing. Um, I've cast shows before where I've just popped in and not told anyone and, you know, people might be being a bit, bit lazy or not doing their best work. And I just go, that's really interesting. Oh. And then it changes when I say, hey, I'm coming in to see the show. And they're just like, like on. I just find that really <laughs> Um, I find that really interesting. And that also helps me cast shows in the future and, and that sort of thing. So yeah. 
Um, and then, you know, my job also is, you know, involves me, um, you know, people send me little um, video reel updates or voice updates and I try and make time throughout my week to, to watch those and get back to people. I do workshops. I do, um, you know, I go and see a lot of shows and, and I keep a little book of, you know, if, if I saw a, a swing or an understudy, um, I'll always take little notes of that and and you know again because it just helps me stay informed of, of what's going on um and I just think it's really exciting to be able to see people you know smash it it's my favorite thing to do so yeah. indeed so that's my job <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy a thing that I was and you kind of already answered a question I was going to ask you later so I'm kind of just going to uh, destroy that question because obviously you're not we don't know what happens behind the scenes. And one mm. of my questions was, do you kind of work as a middleman between the actors and the productions? But it seems no. I guess sometimes a little bit more than others. Yeah. But it seems like it's much more of like a collaborative, like, hey, here's this thing that we are going to be auditioning for. Mm-hmm. I never realised just how much you guys do. Because obviously I've done auditions and self-tapes for you. And I was like, yeah, you probably just look at it and go, yes or no, get out of here job done end of day goodbye okay well i think it's that time this will be your favorite yes. favorite bit we're going to play a game this is always my favorite part and it's great i love hosting it so then i don't have to have the pressure of actually like thinking so this is great um <laughs> i haven't competed in ages because i'm never allowed to compete Life is a competition. If there was one thing to take away from Muriel's wedding, that's what it was. The one thing. (laughs) The one thing. (laughs) All right. So what we're playing today is a game where I'm basically going to give you a short synopsis that is very brief. It doesn't have a lot of detail in it. And you're going to have to figure out what musical it is. Oh, my God. I'm so ready. I'm so ready. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm legitimately scared. Tori, you're going to go first. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Fab. Okay. Love it. A girl and a boy meet and fall in love to the dismay of their unapproving family. Is this and Juliet? No, but you're along this the right lines. Wait, you said musical. Yeah, it's a musical. It's a musical podcast, babe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for reminding me. Um... Okay, so I'm going to give you... Do I give you hints? Yeah, give me a hint. Okay, so it is also written by one of the most famous musical theatre composers. He's still alive, I think. Yeah, he's still alive. <laughs> Has anyone checked on okay. him? I don't know. We need to. Can I, can I ask about a composer to see if I'm even on the right track? It's not Stephen Sondheim. I mean... Oh, shit. Okay, sometime, sometime. I don't. I, I, and you're going to tell me, and I'm probably going to smash my head against my desk. Bum, bum. Okay, oh, so God. it was West Side Story. Oh, for Come on, girl. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> literally the show that is yeah. the trope of Romeo and Juliet. Okay, great. I was Thank like, girl, yeah. I'll be leaving time. now. Thank you very much, um, Libby. This is now your podcast. I'm going <laughs> to... Great. Leave. Um, je- damn. All right. Okay. I know. All right, Daisy, are you ready? 
I'm literally on the edge of my seat. I'm beside myself. There are two of me. I love this one. I think it might, it may be easy, but it may be hard. This follows a young man who's celebrating his birthday. He is unable to commit to steady relationships and is given advice by friends on his journey. Oh, is that what the plot of Pippin was? Because I'm still confused after I saw it. Was that what the plot was supposed to be of Pippin? (laughs) No, but I also get very confused by Pippin, I'm just going to say. Okay, wait, can can you say it again? He's celebrating his birthday. He's having a great time, but he's also unable to commit to steady relationships and is oh. given advice by his friends. Company. Yes. Come on. Because in my head, I was like, <laughs> oh, but it's a girl just in the revival. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, I could have said a girl. Yes. I should have said a girl. I do prefer it, okay. it being played by female, in my opinion. Me too. All right. Tori, oh, this is your yeah. redemption moment. You have oh, this. Oh, no. This could be hard. I've I've tried to make this. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Right. Okay. A man makes a horrible mistake and plays a cruel prank on a shy young San Francisco girl. Is that the plot of Pippin? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay, so I wanna say pretty woman, but that's not a that's not a prank. No, think um, he, he returns from her. a war. He oh my god, dogfight! Oh, dogfight! Yes, Rose Fanny, miss you, girl. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't be too obvious. I've never seen it, so it doesn't. I was like San Francisco. <laughs> okay, so we're one all. This is okay. good. All right, Daisy. I might cry. I'm so ready. Hit me. A controlling mother wants her children to become stars, but will they make it? Gypsy bag. Come on, Sondheim. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Patty the Pone, my mate. <laughs> now I know that Daisy's won or fair and square, but I'm feeling like I'm going to spice it up a little bit. And the last one is going to be worth two points. So. Is this a tiebreaker? Is this a buzzer? This is a tiebreaker. Okay. Okay. Amazing. This is going to be difficult. This one I tried to make difficult. A cheerful, spirited man is displaced in a world he does not belong and finds out he is adopted. Bing! Elf? Yes! Did you say elf? <laughs> elf! Oh! Yes! I, was, I was like, elf. Okay, okay, whatever. I didn't realize we could buzz in early. I'm so sorry, Daisy. I'm so sorry. No, I mean, should we say it's a tie? I think Daisy technically one because i couldn't even guess the first musical <laughs> yes i'm Fine. gonna say it was a tie because i love ties <laughs> even though i made the rules up and then i made it more more points but i just wanted to be spicy it's so fun <laughs> i mean i'm sweating it was spicy all right that was great yeah. no we're gonna move on to a section we have questions from our listeners for you and thank you so much to everyone that sent in questions um like we had too many so we have cut some down um so i do apologize if yours is not in here um but we did cut them down just because it's our podcast we can um (laughs) but (laughs) and all the listeners stop listening um no but 
the first one we have here is what has been the strangest casting you've been assigned? Does this air in Japan, this podcast? <laughs> I mean, it airs around the world, but I don't think we have any Japanese listeners. That's about to change, baby. Um, no, <laughs> the strangest casting I've ever been assigned. Look, um, uh, do you know what? Let's keep it music theatre related. Um, the weirdest musical casting I've ever had was probably on The Dismissal because when I first started working on that, I didn't have a script. I didn't have any characters. Um, we kind of knew who they might be, but then there were a bunch of people that were like, they might end up in the show, um, but they probably won't, but they might. Um, so I guess that was pretty weird in the sense of it was – I you know, how do you cast something when you don't know what you're actually casting? Um, mm. That was pretty weird. It's scary. Okay, so pet peeves uh, when it comes to auditions. Oh, my God, there are so many. Um, the biggest one that comes to my – there are two. The biggest – and it just does something in, in like, my deep psyche where it just flips something and I become quite primal. Um, one is having your phone – not on silent because who even does that anymore who who has their phone on loud anymore I don't know anyone that does that um and then the other one is when people are this is probably oh no no no, it's definitely for musicals as well is when people are in the middle of doing their take or their song or their scene or whatever and they go sorry can I just stop um and it's just like no 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 you were doing so well no, and now I've just completely both wasted my time and, well, you've wasted my time and 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 I was really happy with what you were doing and we could have used that and now it's gone. There's nothing worse because people just get into their heads and they start self-analyzing and they go, do you know what, I could do this better. I'm just going to stop it now. And they think that they're helping us by like cutting themselves off and that it's just like, no, because now I have to listen to you apologize for cutting yourself off. Now I have to start again. Now I have to take the time if I was recording it to delete that take. Um, the accompanist, if we're, if it's a musical, has to reset themselves. The reader has to reset themselves. Um, we all have to now work around you because you you were feeling a bit bit sensey um, when actually you were doing fine. If you were doing shit, I'd stop you because, again, I don't want to waste your time. So if you were doing a bad job, I'd stop you. But if you're doing the right thing, I'm just going to let you do it, babe. And also there's nothing more exciting than seeing someone, like, start to lose their lines or they fumble something and then they just make this majestic comeback like that. There is so much value in seeing someone do that because it just says so much about them as a, as a professional. It's, it's like, you know what, because if this is opening night and I drop my bloody lines, I can show you that I can improvise my way back or I can make the audience laugh and do something with this mm-hmm. moment rather than going, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Um, we're just going to start the scene again. Ooh. It's just like, no, I don't want to work with you. That's sort of where that that's that's it. Yeah. And it. And it just makes me snap. It just does something especially because auditions run on such a tight time schedule at the best of times that I just find it, it just comes across as disrespectful. That's a good one. Wow. I feel like mm. everyone listening to this is going to be like, cool. So she's a bitch. Um, no. and, you'd be, and you'd be right. <laughs> like, yes. Like you're going in there. The person sitting there wants you to succeed, but they're also on a schedule. They also have yeah. things to do. They have roles to cast. If you're just gonna like waste the time, well, I guess kind of along the same vein, is an actor allowed to ask for feedback? Oh god, yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. How else are you going to know? How else? Like I, I encourage people to ask for feedback and I, it's one of the biggest parts of my job because back in like 1873 BC when I was acting, <laughs> like I, you know, you walk out of audition rooms and you go, oh, well, I mean, I think they, they didn't kick me out. Like they let me finish my thing and they were smiling and they said nice things. I guess they liked me. But then I, you know, I now looking back, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I used to do that. Why didn't someone tell me? Like, that's my, that was always my biggest thing when I started working in casting and I was learning the ropes and, and people would be like, oh, you know, that person did that thing. And, and that's really annoying. Oh, but they'd left. I'm like, oh, but why didn't you just tell them that? Like, because when you tell them, they're not going to keep doing it. They're going to learn from that. So feedback for me is just so important. I think it's, I think it's so valuable. And and I always, you know, sometimes people just don't want feedback and that's well within their rights, but I always offer feedback. And I think, you know, I, I've been around for not as long as some people, but I've been around long enough for people to know that when, you know, when they come to my um, castings, they, they are able to ask for feedback or ask via their agent for feedback. It is just that thing. And, and there are some agents, you know, and I understand that there are people who are self-represented and, but, you know, most people do have the kind of grace to ask for feedback and know that it could be two months before I get back to them. But I'm also mm-hmm. incredibly blessed with a good memory. Thank God I've got a good memory and I'm casting, but, you know, I am able to, I can remember, you know, people, I can remember people's auditions from Miracle City. And that was the first musical I did in like 2014, 2015, maybe. And I also just, I'm a note taker. Like I, you know, I've got an iPad pro and a stylist. So I take notes like a mad woman. Um, You know, so yes, the answer to your question is yes, you can ask for feedback, but you just might not get it for a very long time. Um, On that note, do you have any hot tips for self-tapes? I have so many. Um, hmm. (laughs) You could say like your top three. My top three? Yeah, I can do that. Um, Cool. So um, I've decided that I'm becoming tired of just seeing the plain background and the actor just doing their acting in in an awkward, this is a self-tape and I'm trying to do my best. Um, like if you're auditioning for something that's in like, um, in a kitchen, then just film it in your kitchen. If you're doing something outside, then do it outside. Like give us, give us like, we're now watching so many self-tapes. We're, we're requesting so many self-tapes for things where, you know, normally I'd see, I'd try and see about 20 people per role if I was in studio and, and doing it that way, knowing that there'd probably be one person that just doesn't rock up inexplicably and one person's unavailable for the dates and then one person, um, you know, was in a car crash on their way or some other excellent excuse and and they won't make it. So I'd get about 17, then there might be one or two people that aren't quite right. So I'd, I'd have at least 15 people that I show my director. Now I'm asking for like 50 people and I'm getting 50 people. Sometimes I'm getting 75 because I just can um, if, I, if I'm on a really tight deadline where I don't have time to, you know, look at doing another another round of casting, I'll go, do you know what? I'm just going to get all 200 of my favourites and I'm just going to throw those bad boys into it. Um, so we're looking at a lot of tapes. And so anything you can do to kind of set yourself apart is great. But by all means, you know, I'm not saying go to the extreme and be silly, but, but just give us, give us a more situational tape rather than a a, a blue or whatever background that you want to use. 
cool. That's one. And then just invest in, for God's sake, just like ask mum for $20 and buy yourself a ring light off eBay from China. Like just get one. Amazon. Oh, Amazon. There you go. See, you're the actor. You know what to do. Just do it. Just, yeah, 15 bucks on Amazon. There you go. Done. Just even lighting. But, yeah, you know, it's it's just about and making sure that it's technically okay. Like, can we see you? Can we hear you? Um, is mum vacuuming upstairs? Don't be a silly bugger. You, you know, if, if you watch it back and you go, uh, if you sort of go, oh, that sound of, like, the construction next to my house is probably a bit too loud, then we're probably going to find it a bit distracting and we just mm-hmm. will be annoyed. Mm-hmm. Um and learn how to use iMovie and compress your videos. I don't want to receive a 786 megabyte file from you, babe, because all iPhones and whatever other smartphones there are um, are recording in 4K now. And it's just like do a quick Google on how to like reduce your file sizes. That would be a dream come true. That is some really good advice. Those are some other tips like you can talk about where you're situated in the in the frame and all of that, but those are some really basic things that as well, not having a plain background is something I've never heard. So Well, I think it's a new yeah. thing, you know, like and it's also like it's a very yeah. personal thing. Um, you know, so if you ever get a tape request from me, do me a favor, spice it up. I've looked at three hundred of these now. Yeah. Um we will now. <laughs> don't worry. Um, but yeah, but you know, just 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 make it your own, and don't don't feel like your your self tape has to be this perfectly polished and beautifully wonderful thing. This it, it doesn't necessarily have to be this finished product. Like if it's messy, that's okay. It's it's about the naturalism and whatever you can give yourself and give us to make it feel more natural. Then, right? Would you rather? cast someone who looks the part but isn't a great actor or someone who is a great actor and feels the part but doesn't look it i just want to cast the person that's right for the job it doesn't matter what they look like it doesn't matter if they are right for the job there are things at my disposable at the production's disposal that will make them look right for the job if that makes sense i I feel like that's a very um yeah I feel like it's a very more like maybe more of a film based question perhaps, but uh, kind of yeah. I I think probably yes. The person that sent this in because I know who sent it is very much um, probably more based in film, film. and television is it Kate than theater, like they still do theater. Kate uh one hundred percent Kate Blanchett. Um, no, this is the beautiful Christelle Zabara. Oh my god! Um, huge fan. Oh my god! Yes, huge oh! fan. Oh my god, she's like one of our best friends. Stop it, Christelle! Look me up. Yeah. Huge fan. Oh my gosh, she's gonna die hearing you say that. I think. Oh, I'm so glad. Isn't she amazing? I'm obsessed. Like un- unhel- unhealthily obsessed. Christelle, if you're listening, mm-hmm. I love you. And yes, it's inappropriate. <laughs> um, also, if the New South Wales police are listening to this, <laughs> I did it for the humor. I'm. And I have a working with children check, so exactly. untouchable. Exactly. Um, not huge fan of hers. Um, not She's yet. so bloody funny. Oh my god! Don't don't even literally don't start me because I will not stop. Um, but I know I could talk about her for days. Cool. We're doing a separate <laughs> podcast now. That's it. The three of us doing a podcast about Christelle. <laughs> Literally, yes. Yeah, and that's yeah. it. Um, so I, yeah, no, I, I think that it's all like I am so passionate about um, just putting the right people into the job, um, which has also been one of my favourite things about, um, 
you know, certainly for the dismissal, that's something that I got to do. It's just like it it actually doesn't matter their their gender, their body shape, their, their ethnic background, um, their their previous, like their CV. I don't look and see, oh, I nearly said something controversial. I'm not going to do that. But, you know, I don't look and see like seven commercial musicals and go, they can just come into the show. It's just like, no, no, no. Like, are, are they a good person and are they right for the job? Done. They're in the show. That's, that's it for me. So I'm very grateful that I have opportunities to do that and even on bump like bump was a new series for stan and there were so many i'm obsessed in that cast who oh my god i'm obsessed with it as well and i'm like am i biased but also everyone's obsessed with it so i feel like it's warranted yeah um but kirstie and i just we were able to find these people who had from various communities in sydney who had never acted before and they were just so right for the job they, they got it i mean i think there's probably more people in the lead cast that are non-actors in terms of they were from like the community who had sort of done like high school drama or like I acted on stage in my 20s when I lived in Argentina in the 60s. Um, you know, people that haven't had the the three years at NIDA and then a successful stint on Home and Away. Um, there, Yeah, there are more sort of non-actors just because they were right for the role in that cast than there were actor actors i guess and it paid yeah. off because it's a really brilliant show and oh. like it's so um it's so truthful like I, it was so well casted you couldn't fault it at all in my opinion and also in my <laughs> opinion as well <laughs> funny about that <laughs> no it's a great show so what has actually been your favorite production it could be film television anything that you've worked on Oh, shit. I guess I just kind of like touched on it. I mean, you know, just projects where I kind of get, um, it probably sounds a bit selfish, but like projects where I really get to throw my weight around and make the decisions. Um, just, yeah. project, yeah. you know, projects that just aren't sort of cookie cutter to, to me. Um, so, you know, but also, you know, I certainly get those opportunities in advertising I get them in you know the short films I do oh I did just do a short film recently called Tough that was awesome um beautiful Taylor Ferguson directed it um and wrote it and that was very much a who can you give me and I said well let me tell you um and we assembled a really gorgeous cast and and that was all very much just pulling ideas out of hats and oh I remember I saw that girl for that show that was for the ABC and then she got picked up for that Rebel Wilson film and she couldn't be in my show but then she did that show which is really cool and it's it's and it's also very awkward to be like this show was my favorite because then I'll I'll have all my other clients clamping. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but no, but but I guess you know to to pull names, which I just said I wouldn't do. I guess like tough was awesome. Um, oh, I guess way out assistance for bus stop was really cool as well because that was put together by that graduating year group. Um, and you know bus stop are a, a profit. Um company who provide opportunities in like the tv and film industry for people um living with disabilities and you know they were all just so excited to to audition and that was really and my beautiful steph smith who directed um she is amazing and working with her as a dream and i think i'm the one i'm probably most deeply that you know runs deep in my blood is the dismissal because i've been with that from its sort of the very early, early, early days of it when there, you know, when there wasn't a script, like I said before, and and we just kind of got to figure out who these characters would be based on the people we were seeing and talking about how, you know, different 
casting ideas could affect the show and and, and stuff like that. So, but I honestly, I I really yeah. do try and find a reason to every production that I work on or every um, project I work on. I always have to find, I always have to make it my favorite because they're always, they always are my favorite. Yeah. Like they're, you know, they're my little babies. Exactly. Yeah. There's nothing that's lesser than anything else. Just there would be so many opportunities to do so many great things. Mm. But do, do you have any advice for those that are wishing to like actually get into the world of casting, like to become a casting director or a casting assistant? Yeah, um, don't because that's my job and I will come for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's a blatant lie. No, yeah. I think I think it's um it's certainly an exciting time to be working in casting I guess my advice would be make sure that it's what you want to do and then just kind of email around just different casting companies and it's it is hard to find it's it's all a thing of timing like the office that I currently work in um one of the boys there Josh he literally knocked on their door one day and they were so busy that um they kind of hurried him inside and and they said, oh, sorry, what are you here for? And he said, I just wanted to hand in my CV. And old school, who hands in a CV anymore? Legend. And um, and and they said, you know what? Um, what are you doing for the rest of the day? And he said, oh, not much. And they said, cool, can you start? Do you want to have some lunch and then come back and we'll set you up a desk? And that's and he's been there now, I think, for maybe two or three years. Like, it's all a thing of timing. And, wow. yeah, I wish I was joking as well, but that's literally what happened. It blows my that's mind. I think that's insane. so cool. Um, so, you know, it's – Hand your resume in, guys. Yeah. Knock on those doors. I mean, don't. That's so annoying. But um... – I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, you can do whatever you want to do. I, I think it's also being a bit smart as well and kind of going, do you know what, maybe I have like a degree of separation between me and this casting director and and what might that be or what's like a creative way I could pass on my CV and, and let them know that I'm interested in in doing some work for them. It's, you know, it's it's just about being savvy. That, that So that's my advice on, on getting into casting. And, I mean, in terms of finding opportunities, do you have any advice on how to get auditions as a freelance artist without an agent to go through? I can't speak highly enough of platforms like Showcast and Casting Networks. You need to have profiles on those websites. And if your membership runs out, then that call mum, that's your birthday present for this year, is renewing your showcast yeah. membership. Because I can't tell you the amount of times I've gone, no, I think I'm all, you know, I'm out of, I just, I can't think of anyone for that role. So I'm just going to go female in her 20s, based in Sydney, um, with this voice type, just in case, who pops up? And there's probably going to be someone in the row go, oh, I don't, I don't know that person. Oh, they're freelance. I'll just give them a call. Same thing happens in ads. Same things. Ha- same thing happens in TV and film. Like I'm constantly trawling Showcast and casting networks. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're one of those clever people that puts like little acting clips or reels or stuff on your or singing clips or dancing clips and reels on on your Instagrams, then put that link in your Showcast notes and stuff like that. Like the more up to date it is, the better. I mean, even just today alone, I had someone send me um, an actor's reel from the eighties and I'm trying to cast her in something that's shooting in two weeks time. And I'm just like, do you know what? She doesn't have to audition. Just send me the reel. And, and her, and the only thing she had available was something from the eighties. 
And I was like, oh, girl, like, I'm no, oh, wow. I don't even know what you look like right now. You know, so it's about keeping your materials updated. It's about and, and having them available to casting directors. Like, don't force us to have to come to you and, and beg to see your latest reel because you've taken five minutes mm. to, to, you know, to not upload it. Feel free to email your CV and, and reel and stuff. Never be afraid to just send an email just saying good day and putting your stuff in front of us. Like, I, you know, I always try and... I have a folder in my email inbox where I just mark it. I read it. I see what it is. I mark it as unread and I put it in that folder and I always try and find time, if not during the week, then during the month to um, like on the end date of each month, I have a constant reminder that's like, have you checked emails to just to make sure I'm looking at people's stuff and, you know, trying to commit it to memory as best I can. So that's probably the best way to do it. And I mean, I'm sure there are Facebook groups. I don't have Facebook. I'm sure there are probably Facebook groups. Our final question. Oh, my God. And it's going to be like the semi-final question for the night. But how do you build a positive relationship with a casting director without seeming desperate? The way that you build a positive relationship with a casting director is be polite, be friendly, do your tapes on time, do a good job of them, learn your lines, and, and just do your job that's literally all I'm asking you to do. And if you can do that, and if you can even go to the effort of being a nice person or like a polite professional person on top of that, then I'll, I will, we have a positive relationship. Like, or whenever people ask me for advice on, you know, how to kind of stand out and it's just like, literally just be yourself. Don't try hard. Like you can just be yourself. Mm. Like if I ask you like, Hey, how's it going? You go, yeah, pretty good. But you know what? Had a bit of a shit morning, stubbed my toe. And I think I've broken it. Ha ha ha. Like there's, there's just nothing. You just don't have to try hard. It's all about human relation in a way. And also just be yourself and, and, and you'll get to know them. You'll form relationships with people over time. It's not something that happens in two seconds when you're trying to tell them everything in one moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Hi, this is me and this is what I'm about. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and honestly, like there's there's nothing. I think that, you know, people probably just want to be, you want to be the person that when your headshot gets submitted, you want to be the person that someone who's looking at, you know, who the person who's deciding to get you into the room they go, oh, I'd love to have them in the room. Like they, they'd be lovely to get in. Or that person's really interesting. Let's get them in the room. You don't want to be the person that we go, oh, I guess they're, you know, they're right for the job. We, we better get them in. And, and the people that we have those lovely reactions about when we see their headshot, those are just the people that come in and they're just, they're just themselves. Now, um, to finish things, we usually do a bedtime story, but we kind of had chats before we started the episode and we're thinking we might spice it up. I love spicing things up tonight and we're going to chat. Um, we're going to ask you, what is your current favorite musical slash has it changed? Tell us everything. Is it multiple? Yeah, I have to do a top five, otherwise I won't be able to sleep. Yeah, okay, great. Because it can never have one. You know, how can you have one? And it's just like, God, the weather changes and I've got a new favourite musical. Um, So my top five are pretty solid. They change and, like, the it's not, like, in an order. It's just, like, just generally they're my top five. Mm. Sorry for triggering you, Tori, but it's West Side Story. Um <laughs> Still mad at myself. I'm just, I'm just disappointed so at this, pa- at, at this point in time. I just, 
It's fine. I'm sorry for triggering you. Favorite cast recording of that is probably the 2009 Broadway revival. Stunning. Um, Tired. And then that usually goes hand in hand with Chicago. Oh. Yes, someone else says Chicago is their favorite musical. It's just a banger. Like it's like old school girl power as well. On the topic of girl power, I think the musical of our generation, and I will write an essay and or do a TED talk on this, is probably Legally Blonde, the musical. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. It's the best. Like, you know how every musical usually has, like, the older male song and you go, oh, God, like, like Dr. Dillman did Wicked. You're like, cool, next. Um, like, like something yeah. bad, get rid of it. <laughs> um, what's the wizard song? Wonderful, like, skip. Like, don't even, don't even put it on the playlist. Get rid of them. But, I mean, even Blood in the Water, I find that a banger in Legally Blonde. Like, I'm a fan. Um, and also, you know, Laura Bell Bundy, how can you possibly go wrong? For some reason during lockdown and up until maybe like a month ago, I weirdly got into Evita. I don't know why. Really? Yeah. I think one day I just had um, Ava Beware of the City stuck in my head. And I was like, oh, I'll just listen to it and that'll get it out of my head. And then it went on shuffle and I was like, oh, there's actually some bangers in this. And I mean, like, um, what's new? Buenos Aires is like, like that's on the gym playlist. Like that's, she's a doozy, that one. And just so much screlting. Like Andrew Lloyd <laughs> Webber is a monster as previously discussed, but, but we thank him for his writing oh, yes. because now we have Evita. Um, so Evita's in there. This isn't going to be a top five anymore. I'm just going to probably give you 10. Um, oh my God. Fangirls, new Australian musical, huge fan. Have you guys seen Fangirls? I missed out on tickets because I I bought tickets for um and like I'm not even going to talk about the tickets I purchased yesterday because I my bank account is very unhappy with me. Love I it. spent the money on Frozen, and then yesterday bought tickets to both Moulin Rouge and Harry Potter and the Cursed Child in Melbourne. Have you seen Harry Potter yet, though? No. Oh, you'll die! It's amazing. It, it'll change. It literally changed my life. It's amazing. You'll die. I've died. I've seen it like three times. I read it and I loved it so much. Like I couldn't put it down and I don't really read a lot, mm-hmm. but I was like. Yeah. Do you know what though? Like see, I didn't read it. Someone told me not to read it before I saw it. And I just went in blind. Actually, it popped mm-hmm. up in my Google photos today that three years ago, look, I'll show you on the little video thing. Three years ago, I was down in Melbourne watching it. Oh, um, I had that little industry preview and I was down. Oh, this is convenient. Right? Yeah. I think it's harder for me to name the musicals that I don't like rather than the musicals. Go now. What's one that you don't like? One that I don't like. Yeah. Do you know What's what? Don't like? Into the Woods. Sorry. <gasps> yeah. Some shots have been fired. Yeah, I just threw that gauntlet down. Are we fighting? We're fighting. Oh, I think we are. I think it's over. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so sorry. End of meeting. Oh. Um. <laughs> End video call for all. Oh. <laughs> Thanks so much for uh, – look – I'm sure you could go on for like days, Daisy, about your favorite shows. But um, I could. We'll look, look. We'll leave it with those. We'll we'll leave it with some hot ones, and we will leave it with some shots fired. But um, like Libby was saying, make sure you go check out Fangirls. It's currently in Sydney. It won't be in Sydney by the time this comes out. It will be somewhere else. Uh, we will put the info in the description below. Um, but if you want to know more about Daisy, make sure to go 
follow her Instagram, which I believe is just Daisy Hicks. It's Australia's Daisy Hicks. Yeah, no, do you know what? I've had Instagram since it was actually created a billion years ago, like when the iPhone first came out. So I actually got to have just at Daisy Hicks. And there's this Australian country music singer called Daisy Hicks who messaged me like (gasps) years ago, like 15 years ago. No, that's maybe an exaggeration. But like at least 10 years ago being like, hi, I'd like to buy this account off you. Can you let me know if you'd be happy with like $150? And I blocked her because I was scared. (laughs) (laughs) People are coming for your name. Yeah. It's literally Daisy Hicks. Like she's the OG. She is Australia's Daisy Hicks. So (laughs) make sure you go give her a follow follow. Um, but thank you all so so much for being here and listening to us today don't forget to subscribe and rate on apple podcasts um and if you have any questions quandaries queries feel free to pop them over on our instagram at ps.stagedoorpod or on our website which is also psstagedoorpod um and until next time stay happy healthy and safe we'll see you then Bye. Ciao for now. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.